It's season two of 13 Nights of Halloween. Welcome. This season, we are going to talk about what goes bump in the night in Africa. What keeps our children up at night in Africa. And what bizarre creatures roam our lands in Africa. As usual, I am yours. Larry Sylvester, so let's let's dive right into episode six of Thirteen Nights of Halloween. And as promised yesterday, um we're still in Egypt, we're trying to unearth the darkness in Egypt. And thank you for your engagements on social media. Some of you tried to guess what um I would be talking about today. Um some of you are close, some of you were dead on. So, for today's episode, we will be talking about the creepiest myths and legends from ancient Egypt. And this is where we mention about gods and goddesses. Isis, you name them, pharaohs, we are going to talk about all of them, all of them. in today's episode. Mummies, of course. Mm. So, let's dive right into today's episode. A special thanks to Genevieve Carlton giving us the information and the research that we needed to put together in this episode. And here we go. Ancient Egypt- Egyptians loved to create dark myths about their gods, from the god of mummification who demanded organ trophies to the cat goddesses who, whose temple Egyptians piled with thousands of mummified cats. There is no shortage of creepy stories about ancient Egyptian gods. Not one but multiple gods ate hearts. And one goddess got drunk after imbibing buckets of what she thought was blood. One theory claims that the lion-headed goddess Sekhmet was the world's first vampire. And though a hippo may have doomed Tutankhamun, the Egyptians worshipped a hippo goddess of pregnant women. Even Egypt's non-bloody myths are still deeply disturbing. Wait until you hear about where the ancient Egyptians thought perfume originated. But that's a story for a different day. So let's dive into number one of the creepiest myths and legends from ancient Egypt. Isis had intimate relations with her late brother. Osiris and Isis were brother and sister, but also husband and wife. They ruled Egypt together until their brother Set slew Osiris and took his place. Isis refused to believe her husband was gone, searching all of Egypt for his body. After finding Osiris, Isis resurrected him so they could be intimate and conceive a child. Set ruined this plan by ripping Osiris into 42 pieces and spreading the fragments across Egypt. In despair, Isis traveled with her sister Nephithis. 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 I'm not Egyptian. I'm sorry. I'm butchering some of these words. Nephithis to reconstruct Osiris. They only managed to find 41 pieces as a fish had eaten Osiris's member. No one ever gave up. Isis created a new organ for her, reconstructed her husband, and revived him for long enough to get her pregnant. Osiris then went to rule the underworld, and their son Horus became Egypt's new ruler. Is that creepy? Give it a rating. Mm. Mm. 
Nah, for me, I would say no ish. Uh, it's it's something that would intrigue me, but not keep me up at night. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Like, damn, damn, my sis, lengths you take to do. Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Number two, Kronos, the Egyptian god of the moon, eight hearts, like the Nile, which gave Egypt life but could also flood and destroy its crops. Egyptians often saw their gods as both helpful and dangerous. Consul, the god of the moon, was also known as the god of healing, but he also had a reputation of eating human hearts. According to the the cannibal hymn text, Consul even ate other gods. Another text called him Consul who lives on hearts. That's pretty brief for like a god who eats hearts. Like, what compelled him to eat hearts? Was it so that he could survive? Is it like just eating food? Or could he just only survive on hearts? I mean, he's a god. He should be like immortal or something. Like, gods eat. Hmm. This urban legend has most no question, no questions than you know answers. And why is he the god of the moon? Like. The god of the moon and also the god, the god of healing. Like, how, how are those two related and why does he eat hearts? Like, Egypt really answers, I don't know. Khonsu, I, I don't want to invoke you, but men are just answers. So tell us, I should have researched more on this. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Number three, my personal favorite, Anubis. The god of mummification wanted a piece of everyone he helped. Anubis, the Egyptian god of mummification, oversaw the embalming process and helped Egyptian souls find the hall of truth in the afterlife. The jackal-headed Anubis played a starring role in the first mummification when Isis had Osiris, who was both her husband and her brother, embalmed. But Anubis liked to collect trophies from the people he embalmed and set slid when Seth slayed Osiris, he offered the gods organs to Anubis as a present. For centuries, Egyptians offered pieces of lifeless bodies to Anubis, which may explain why he has a jackal's head. Now, if you guys, okay, that's the end. If you guys remember in um in the story in the in the first urban legend of of Isis and and Osiris, you remember they they found in that in that legend they said they found forty one pieces of Osiris after he was murdered by Set and they couldn't find the, the, the final piece. Now and this part of this this um this urban leg this not uh, this legend this myth explains where the final piece was. It was all with the newbies. Hmm that is how the dots connect. Interesting. Anyway moving on number four Egyptians worshipped Bastet with mummified cats. The god associated with cats, Bastet, had a dark side. He was known as the Lady of Dread and the Lady of Slaughter. Bastet lived up to both names. For instance, she cut off Apophis's head by hiding a knife in her paw 
Over time, ancient Egyptians began to associate Bastet with domesticity, domesticity and the home, earning her more positive connotations. The worship Bastet by bringing mummified cats to her temple. In the 1880s, archaeologists excavated her temple and uncovered more than 300,000 mummified cats. Is that creepy? No. Oh, that's sort of sad. Like, from a different perspective, it's sort of sad because for Egyptians, would were they giving cats as offerings? Were they killing innocent cats as offerings to Bastet? Mm, that's kind of sad for me. I mean, I'm a cat person. I don't know. Like, 300,000 mummified cats. I mean, if they waited for the cats to like die a natural death and then mummify it, that's fine. But like 90% of me believes they didn't have the patience to like wait for cats to die. So I don't know. Hmm. I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn on this one. Anyway, moving on. Number five. A demon goddess known as the Devourer waited within the underworld. Egyptians had elaborate rituals for those who had passed, involving mummification and preparations for the long journey into the afterlife. After the soul left the body, it wandered into the underworld looking for the hall of truth. Souls had to pass a final exam to reach eternal bliss, and if a soul failed, the demon goddess Amit destroyed it, dubbed the devourer of Amenti. Amit was a nightmare for Egyptians. Some believed she had a crocodile's head, a lion's paw, and a hippo's body. During the final exam, the deceased's heart was weighed against a white feather, which represented balance. If the heart didn't pass the exam, Amit ate the person's essence and they vanished for eternity. Hmm. Quite an interesting one that is. Like, wow. So it's like, you know, the, the, the guardian of the underworld or something. I don't know. Anyway, number six and the final one. The first Egyptian god vomited and spit up his children. Egyptian gods created other gods is create Egyptian gods created other gods in an unusual way. According to Egyptian mythology, the first god rose out of the sea of water. Atum, also known as Ra, was a lonely god without anyone else for company. But the, but as the only god, Atum had limited options to create children. Atum bred with his shadow and created Shu, god of air and definite goddess of moisture, but Adam faced biological limitations in giving birth. He had to spit out shoe and vomit definite. Alright, some of these um, legends aren't as at all creepy, but they they have like a dark, like you just get, what intrigues me about them is that you get the sort of like mindset that went with the mythologies, with the people, with themselves like it makes it even creepier because you know egypt was a more um 
how should I put it like developed country so them thinking of some of these legends and some of these myths in this way that gives gives you the questions like uh, makes makes you wonder what what what's what's the what's the thought process behind them thinking that the god would like spit out on the god or like vomit on the god i mean it's a legend it's a, it's a myth but damn egyptians anyway <laughs> that does it for today i hope you liked it today's episode although it wasn't at all creepy and um I still hope you enjoyed it. I I I did. I know I did. You get to learn something new every day. You get to learn culture and history about Egyptians and their bizarre way of thinking and creatures they make up. As usual, we do this every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we are we are almost halfway through this season. So, be sure to tune in next week as we involve other horror fan club members and other special guests keep tabs on our social media pages on facebook and instagram at horror fan club kenya and twitter as well <laughs> so happy about this because we had a five-year ban but that was lifted at horror underscore kenya where we talk about everything horror thank you for watching tonight's episode where i have of 30 nights of halloween where it's anything and everything horror in Africa. I have been yours, Larry Sylvester, where we will be going. Where we will be going next week? Which part of Africa? Who knows? Tune in. Happy Halloween, ish. <laughs>